Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese. And before I get started, let me say this now. I have been cackling, coughing, clearing my throat, and all of that all morning. I am going to try my best to push through this storm and share my thoughts on this episode. I am going to begin with, oh, so I just wanted to apologize in advance for those of you that are like, oh my God, that's too much. For those of you that don't know, on here, we are raw, real and wise. And so what you hear is what you get. I do not pre-record. I'm sure a lot of you may feel that, that I need to, but I don't. So whatever comes to my heart, whatever comes to my mind, whatever I choose to share, whatever I opt to share, that is what this is about. And so if that's not your speed, it's okay. That's your business. Like Tabitha Brown would say. However, on here, I'm going to be completely and totally transparent, as transparent as I could possibly be. So right now I am cackling, coughing and clearing my throat quite a bit but I'm still going to try my best to get through this. So the name of my poem on today is called Stress Relief. Excuse me. Here we go. Breathe in, breathe out, count to 10. Let the stress out. Let the light in. Remove the darkness. Imagine bliss. Excuse me. Smell the roses. Hear the birds chirping. Sing a hymn. Try whistling. Let your mind take you into a peaceful place. Don't forget to forgive yourself for all of your past mistakes. Embrace who you once were and who you are becoming. Try not to let the enemy take you out prematurely or at all. Take some time to think about everything that's special to you and don't forget to release the negative energy too open your eyes and see yourself as you truly want to be visualize a greater you i call this stress relief Excuse me. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. However, what I wanted to share with y'all on today is a journal entry that I wrote. And believe it or not, I wrote it on May the 24th, but I've been writing it in between that time all the way up until today, June the 11th of 2022. So I've just been taking my time out to process this subject. And the subject is reconciliation versus repentance. So here we go. 
So for those of you that don't know, I like to look up the definition of what certain words mean so that we are not taking it for granted. And so, excuse me, a lot of times what I'll do, sometimes even while I'm recording, I'll take a moment to just go and look up certain words just to see what exactly they mean. And so according to the Oxford Languages Bible, which I tend to use that one a lot, reconciliation, it's the restoration of friendly relations. The action of making one view or belief compatible with another. It is the process of two people who are in a conflict agreeing to make amends or come to a truce. In the Bible, it is the end of an entanglement. I said that wrong, y'all, but we're going to go with that still because it could be there too. But it is the end of an estrangement caused by original sin. It is also the action of making one view or belief compatible with another. However, according to the same dictionary, now some of that I added and it wasn't part of the dictionary. I just kind of like combined with my thoughts and other thoughts and, you know, made it all one. So all of that didn't come from that dictionary. However, repentance is sincere regret or remorse. True repentance is not only sorrow for sins and humble penitence and contrition or contrition before God, but it involves the necessity of turning away from them, a discontinuance of all evil practices and deeds, a thorough reformation of life, a vital change from evil to good, from vice to virtue, from darkness to light. Can a person have a healthy relationship without reconciliation or repentance? Is there one without the other? Can you repent but not reconcile? Or can you reconcile without repentance? What does it even look like if you do one without doing the other? Or are you walking such a straight and narrow path in your relationship that you do not feel the need to repent for anything or of anything? Have you had negative thoughts about your spouse? Are there areas in your relationship that you refuse to visit simply because they are unhealed scars? There are unhealed scars that neither one of you want to address. Are you hiding something from your spouse? Do you believe your spouse is hiding something from you? There was this person. I want to share an example that I once knew. And she was engaged to be married. Now she is actually married. Excuse me. But at the time she was engaged. However, she called me one day. And told me how she believed that her fiance was hiding something from her. When I asked her, what did she think it was? 
she told me that she believed he was lending money out to his family members and that he was not telling her on purpose for fear of her reaction. As we continued our conversation, this was a pattern for him, but an honest concern for her, especially with their wedding day being right around the corner. So I threw out a few suggestions to her in hopes that they could remedy the situation prior to their wedding day and have a plan of action going forward. I even provided her with a suggestion on the best way to approach the situation that would prevent him from getting on the defensive. And it worked. Excuse me. In fact, she implemented one of my suggestions, which was that they both agree upon a dollar amount that could be split between the two of them and place that dollar amount into a bank account, a joint bank account, excuse me, where both of them would have to sign to withdraw that any amount to lend it out to friends or family. If that person never paid back the loan, they could not and would not lend that person money going forward because in a sense, that person would have burned a bridge unless they both agreed that that person did not have to pay them back. On the other hand, once the funds were exhausted in that account, they could not lend any more money out until the following year when they had both replenished those funds. They could tweak it however they wanted, but until they were able to build trust in that area of their relationship, this was an option that would hopefully keep them both honest with one another going forward. Now, a question to ask. Did her spouse need to repent to her for all of the times before they had made the agreement and he had lent money out to his friends and family? Or could it be that in his desire to help his family and friends whenever asked. It had never been asked of him, where did this stem from? Where did the need of him feeling as if he needed to do this for them? Where did that stem from? Maybe he didn't see anything wrong with his actions. However, this would be a great opportunity for her to express her concerns to him and how his actions affected her. For example, if she had been in a previous relationship where her spouse was dishonest on various levels, including financially, this could have been a trigger for her. And the only way to be able to rectify that in her mind was to have some type of guide or structure concerning their finances as they were going to be now joining their finances once they became husband and wife. 
So if this was something that she needed to express to him in order for him to be aware that that's a trigger for her and that she did not want to feel as if he was being deceptive when he really had the best intentions at heart concerning his family and friends, then that conversation was a conversation that needed to be had. This way, she would know that she had expressed herself, redefined her expectations in that area, and they could work on a resolution together in order to keep the peace concerning this, their financial affairs, both individually and collaboratively. This would also give him an opportunity to explain his motives behind his actions so that she could reconcile this in her own mind and eliminate any false beliefs or false narratives that she had developed over time due to her not having all of the facts and his part of the story. Many times, if we are honest with ourselves, we make assumptions in regards to why certain people do what they do. But once we have a very candid and transparent and real conversation with that person, they are able to debunk some of those false narratives if we allow them to by speaking their truth. When this occurs, we should we should be man or woman enough to repent from our assumptions and replace the lies with the truth, their truth in those areas. Because sometimes we will have this false perception of why people do what they do only because of our past experience. But if you're in a new experience... Why not take the time out to ask questions? I remember when me and my sweetheart had first started dating, we went on our first road trip. And I'll never forget it. We actually had this conversation yesterday, but I'm going to talk about it today. So we were in the process of going, like getting ready. And he had to go run whatever errands he had to run before we were about to get on the road. And in his absence, I had a massive panic attack. And I believed the narrative of the thoughts that were going on in my mind. And one of the thoughts was, girl, he's about to leave you here while he goes to Houston. He's probably on the road right now heading to Houston. And so I literally began to become emotional and did not know where that was stemming from, but it was occurring. I was having a full-blown panic attack. And when he showed up, he was like, you're probably going to be upset with me, not knowing my thoughts, not knowing all he could see was my facial expression, but he did not know the thoughts. So in his mind, he thought that I was going to be upset because instead of taking my vehicle, he was opting to take his vehicle when initially he had said, let's take your vehicle because he was having some issues with his transportation. And so he was under the impression that when he showed up, that I would be upset that he had changed his mind, not knowing that I was having a panic attack 
thinking he was not going to show up at all. After we talked about it, what he had me realize is that because I have had abandonment issues, I've been betrayed in my past, that that was a trigger for me to that feeling of abandonment. And so it had manifested in that moment and I was just unaware. But that was not even in his thought. Leaving me behind was not even in his thought process. He was like, I had invited you. So why would I do you that way? But because of past experiences and because I had no positive experience to replace the negative experiences in that area, that was the first thing that my mind went to. So anytime that we are willing to have a candid and transparent and real conversation with anyone, this allows them as well as us the opportunity to debunk some of those false narratives and belief systems. And it gives us an opportunity to wash some of that mess out of our minds and hearts and souls. So this, in my opinion, allows us to heal, to reconcile and to move forward. Sometimes we are able to move forward together. Sometimes we are able to move forward apart. However, regardless of the outcome, we should still be able to grow, become more aware of our own self-belief systems and become more grounded from the experience. If not, we may run the risk of repeating a similar experience in the near future or until we gain insight, knowledge and or wisdom. We are supposed to gain from that experience. So hopefully, I don't even know how I wrote this, y'all. Let me try this again because as I'm reading it, it doesn't make sense to me, but it might make sense to someone. So remember, this is my journal entry. <laughs> so this is what I wrote. I said, if not, we may run the risk of repeating a similar experience in the near future or until we gain the insight, knowledge and or wisdom we are supposed to gain from it in hopes that we can debunk some of our stinking behaviors, some of our stinking thoughts, and even some of our stinking actions at times. It's really okay to dig deeper and challenge why we think the way we do sometimes. I've done this several times throughout the years, and there are a lot of people, after they have provided their perspective or certain on certain subjects who have caused me to truly soul search and discover where some thoughts derived from. They're not always. Hold on, y'all. They're not always going to be positive thoughts. And even in their not being positive thoughts, it's sometimes it's just good to just know, know why we think the way we think. Because in doing this, I have discovered that not all learned behaviors 
not all thinking, (laughs) not all belief systems are created equal. And some of those learned behaviors, some of those belief systems, I've truly had to unlearn. For example, how I manage my money. Once upon a time, I did not know the value of money. The value of investing that money or even the value of saving money. I had to come to terms with this and repent from how I viewed money before I could change my relationship with money. This can also be applied to actual relationships. How do you view your spouse? What are your thoughts towards your spouse in their absence? Have you conditioned yourself to focus only on the negative and hardly ever on the positive concerning your relationship with your spouse? Are you quick to become angry or are you slow to anger in regards to a misunderstanding that takes place in your relationship? Are you quick to forgive your spouse or do you hold grudges? Are you quick to assume the worst rather than think the best? Maybe, just maybe, it's time for you to evaluate how you view certain people in your life. To pay close attention to how you feel, not only in their presence, but in their absence too. How important are your relationships to you? But be willing to take inventory on self, yourself first. How do you view yourself? Why do you view yourself in this way? If negative thoughts come to mind, be willing to not only ask yourself why those thoughts are present, but how can you change the narrative to a more positive one? Then be honest with yourself. Are you willing to do the work? Maybe you are. Maybe you are not. Either way, that is okay. But we all got to start with self. Self Self-awareness contributes to self-love. Are you aware of the areas in your life that need to be reconciled? Are you aware of the areas in your life which require repentance, which means turning away from, not repeating the same behavior? Are you willing to reconcile? Are you willing to repent? If not, why? One thing I have discovered over time is that pride prevents a lot of us from doing the shadow work on our own selves. Why is it that we are okay with pointing out other people's flaws, but we don't like paying close attention to our own flaws? Food for thought. If I spend more time working on myself, I will have far less time, if any, to be worried about someone else. Say it with me for the people in the back. If I spend more time working on myself, I will have less, far less time, if any, to be worried about someone else.
I am currently in a season for myself concerning reconciliation and repentance. Maybe this is why I have opted to write about it. I am reconciling some things within to hopefully help make me a much better person over time. I have repented from how I have managed my money so poorly at times in my past. And because I've made a conscious choice to repent from being such a poor money manager in different areas of my life, I am consciously turned away. I have consciously turned away from those horrible belief patterns about money, such as I got to spend every dime now. I am now seeing a shift, not just in my attitude towards money, but also in my credit score and my attitude toward myself. I'm not as hard on myself as I once was. I am showing grace to myself. And I used to not do that. And that was a learned behavior. Because when you grow up in an abusive atmosphere, verbally and physically, over time, that becomes how you think. And so I've had to literally cast down those strongholds in my mind and reframe how I view myself and listen to the people who truly, truly care about me and their opinions of me and helping to helping me to reframe how I view me, if that makes sense. But I am now seeing a shift, not just in my attitude towards money but also in my credit score. And although I know that I have a very long way to go, I am seeing progress and progress is important to me. What is important to you is being right, no matter the cost or healing from your stinking thinking important to you. Only you can answer that question. I can't do the work for you. I can't do the shadow work for you. All I can do is offer options, offer suggestions. But at the end of the day, your self-belief system, the way that you operate, whether or not you choose to reconcile some things in your life, some relationships in your life, or whether or not you choose to repent or not, all of that is truly, truly left up to you. We all have to work out our own soul salvation, whatever that looks like. But one thing that I have come to realize is that it's okay to change the narrative of your life. You don't have to accept who people call you. You don't have to answer to who people call you. I have been called an unfit mother. I have been called ugly. I have been called oval head. <laughs> and I remember it was a bully. I had it. Well, I mean, we're friends now. We're lifetime friends. But at the time, he was just picking on me. And his name is Jose. Jose, you know who you are. Anyway. <laughs> And so um, we were growing up and in our growing up, he would call me overhead and he was doing it to tease me. And one day I had this epiphany and I said, you know what? 
I am and I do have an oval head. And I said, and you know what else? Models have oval heads. So if I have to have an oval head in order for me to one day be a model, so be it. Guess what happened? The moment that I changed the narrative of what that young man was saying about me, how he was trying to make it a negative and I turned it into a positive. That was the last time that he bullied me or that he called me overhead because I turned his negative into something positive. Another prime example was told it's on paper somewhere. You know, we got public records. You can look it up. Anyway, it's on paper. Those of you that don't know, I lost custody of my children, my three older children. Um, They are now ages 29, 26, and 24. But when I lost custody of them, when I was losing custody of my oldest daughter, something that was said of me is that I was an unfit mother. Well, fast forward. The same individual that called me an unfit mother turned around and said, I am a wonderful mother. I changed the narrative for him and myself. Because just because we don't always make a hundred, we do have the power to repent from some of the choices that we make, turn away from that and do things differently. That doesn't necessarily have to always be the end of story, so to speak. We do have the power to change the narrative, even of how people view us. And so I've done that in different scenarios in my life. And maybe it's time that you do that, too, if you haven't. Maybe you're tired of hearing certain things said about you. You got the power to change the narrative. Maybe you're tired of thinking certain things about you. You have the power to change the narrative. Maybe you have a weird or wrong perception of your spouse. You have the power to change that narrative. You can always debunk your stinking thinking. You might even have a bad perception of your neighbor, whoever that may be. You have the power to change the narrative. That's all I am trying to say. Reconciliation versus repentance. Can you truly have one without the other? You be the one to answer that question. You see how that applies to your world and your life. But for me, I haven't truly experienced one without the other. If I'm recalling correctly. Because I normally do both. Part of my reconciling is turning away from the things that I once believed or the thoughts that I once had. In order for me to reconcile, I've got to be willing to open and expand how I view things. Maybe I had a misunderstanding or maybe I... Um, there was miscommunication or maybe there was something missed all the way around. So for me, it all goes hand in hand, but that may not be your testimony and that's okay. But nevertheless, 
you have the power to change the narrative. So this is going to conclude my episode on today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience with me and my cackling, clearing my throat, coughing, all the stuff that I do in order to try to get the message through. (laughs) But I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourselves because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you for listening.